What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. There has been a, a recall order on my Toyota for like a year and a half. Okay. And every time I go in, I, they say, sorry, there's no, there's no um, cure. Yeah. What? <laughs> like, there's no, there's no remedy, and it's like, it's like, hey, your, uh, your uh, airbag is defective, and I'm like, sorry, and they're like, yeah, we can't do anything about it, and I'm like, oh, should I not, should I not be driving this? And they're like, hey, I mean, just like, don't get into an accident. I'm like, oh, okay, so oh, normal rules. <laughs> yeah. Okay, got it. <laughs> like, what okay, I was so planning on doing was. <laughs> See, I was in I was in the movie Drive featuring Ryan Gosling, and I was planning on doing a couple of stunts. You seen that movie? I was I was I would I was in the movie Cars starring Owen Wilson. And I was thinking of doing <laughs> I was thinking of, I was going to repair a road with a semi sentient machine named Bessie. Never really, <laughs> never really. I don't know why Bessie is not alive. Where Bessie fits in the hierarchy of the car ma- machine. Yeah sentience hierarchy this is gold we got to save this for the podcast this is on the podcast right now here we go welcome to the crunch it is your boy ethan and i'm patrick carfax nevy and we got a third person on the podcast today here they come Hear that? That's the sound of the probiotics I purchased at the store to regulate my gut health. <laughs> I thought you were trying to do some like kind of foley where you like no. it sounds like someone's walking into the studio, you know? No, the foley was of pills in a bottle being pills in a bottle. That was the nice. the sound selection that I made. If anybody knows anything about symptoms of serious digestive problems. I'm sorry, you have symptoms? You dropped this, King. No symptoms. Oh, okay. okay. It was a simp thing. Um, yeah, it was a simp thing. <laughs> so I've been having uh, things come up and out through the mouth. Things go out and down through the butthole. And <laughs> not the ways that they should be. And so no. I'm, I'm just, uh, I'm very comfortable sharing this on the podcast because I'm concerned I've thought I had appendicitis about three separate times, and then I go to a website or any anybody who knows anything, and they're like, no, you definitely don't. But I'm still worried that at any moment, like, either my gallbladder is going to fall out of my butt or my appendix is going to burst open because I've never had, like, this much trouble for this long before in my life. So, Yeah, and this is possibly the worst time in oh, history yes. to have 
any kind of like illness that's less than that's more than normal you know right because everybody's just like you have the coronavirus it's like well there's other things still you know <laughs> yeah there are other other diseases that exist and like one of my coworkers gets seasonal bronchitis like every year she gets yeah. it around this time and oh, she like no. went to the doctor for like her regular thing and they're like you have coronavirus shut it down and she's like no, no 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 it's just bronchitis i i'm fine and they're like no you're not go 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 2319 <laughs> how many pixar references can we fit into the beginning of this podcast uh so many so many i learned mm-hmm. never mind i was okay never mind there's Great. no there's no joke there i was okay. i made a, i made a bugs life reference to a friend a couple of days ago yeah how That's, did it go? You know what we should do? You know what we should do this week on the podcast? Please. We should talk about the Catholicism subreddit because... Okay. I'm going there right now. I I think we should stop taking dating corner questions from our viewers. Okay. And I think that we should not stop, obviously, because they're awesome. But I think we need to just take... We need to take a ride through reddit.com slash r slash Catholic dating. Oh. Now that could be our final evolution to completely being a ripoff of my brother my brother me and instead of doing yahoo answers questions we do questions from catholic the catholic dating subreddit okay listen taking content from catholic subreddits or not taking content from subreddits is definitely not a mabam bam original okay? it's no it's not mabam <laughs> definitely not <laughs> mabam bam fedora <It's>, tip <laughs> <laughs> oh man this is great i think it's a great idea uh i'm also worried i don't want to like i guess we kind of shame our audience sometimes yeah and all but also like these are all public that's true they know that they're you know, posting on the internet they're, they're, yeah, they, they know that the crunch is out there when they post it on this website if they didn't there should at least be like some sticky thread that goes hey listen better be careful you know eh for instance, did, this did is, you have one in mind? Yeah, this one. This one's just very sad. It it just says, "Ladies, would you?" It's just from a user who just goes by the name of Catholic Single Man, and he goes, "Ladies, would you date a man who gets depressed sometimes?" And it's just stuff like this that's just very, very sad, and and you can't make fun of that, you know, but. Who would put that on a dating subreddit? You know, like, don't do that. <laughs> uh, I see. This isn't like, this isn't like the fun help. This is like a. Nope. I'm... Here's a good one posted by you slash ML genius. Is it bad that I don't want to date non virgins? Okay, great. This is a good one. <laughs> strap, strap me in. Um. There's a there's always one that's like there's always one that's about like some kind of struggle with sexual impurity. Um Yeah, I told you about the one that was on Catholicism subreddit. Someone posted uh someone posted a a picture of themselves in a religious habit and I got I got the uh it was a deleted comment, but someone commented something and the person who posted it originally got really offended. The person commented Dang, I don't mean to simp, but I can tell you are very attractive from just your eyes alone. I had no idea married women could dress like nuns. I'm like, please don't. 
It's so weird. Please don't do that. It's such a weird Please thing to say. Please don't sexualize nuns. Please That's stop. That's like the worst thing you could Please do. So anyway, I have I, I have a feeling that uh, Catholic subreddits are gold, and someone needs to do something with them. That could be us. We we just have to put in more work before we start recording the podcast. Maybe that's to be what we do on our Friday recording. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is find that. the really, really just good ones and then help people rap- recognize, like, this is the state of the church today. Not in an alarmist way, but in a way that kind of says, this could be the guy next to you, and all you got to do is say hi to him, and he'll stop stop this. <laughs> it will, it, it'll, it'll stop. Yeah. <laughs> uh- Matt Martinison sent me screenshots. That's why this is on my mind. And um, someone was posting about stay-at-home dads. Yes. And they're like, "Is it wrong to be a stay-at-home dad?" And it was very funny because everyone was having like an intensely, uh, like very intellectual conversation about like, "Well, it it could technically be immoral, but it's not. It's not technically immoral, but it could it could be bad for like your children's perception of gender role." It was a very interesting conversation that could have just been cured with, "No, it's totally fine. Do whatever you need to, man." Yeah, I mean, lots of dads in the back in the day used to be stay-at-home dads because they their work was farming at home at home, <laughs> so chill out um i wish that i had anything funny to say yeah about anything the i mean the only funny thing that we really have had happen to us recently is that you have uh, tummy troubles I, yeah which that's, and that's it it's only funny because it's a bathroom thing right it's not funny it's not funny because i'm because i'm in pain it's not funny because yeah. i because i <laughs> I, I am nervous every time I eat, you know, like you're like, <laughs> is this salad going to be it? Is this it? I know my team is like, oh, Ethan, can you eat cookies? And I'm like, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm I am very stressed about the wedding. Let's talk more it's about funny that. because. Yeah. OK, well, I was talking I was talking to um my staff about this i don't know if i said this on the podcast last week but they were like oh you nervous about the wedding and honestly like i haven't had time to be nervous about actually being married which is good because you know phoebe and i are pretty set on that yeah you should have that figured out by now yeah and and it's just like there's most of my nerves are like is everybody gonna be is everybody gonna have fun is the party gonna be fun is everything available for like the the ceremony, like do I have like oh my gosh, what if I did the marriage license wrong and we're screwed? Um, that's the stuff that I'm worried about. And then also global pandemic, like all of that is overshadowed by the giant blimp hanging above above everyone's head right now. And it's uh, yeah, because like I mean I don't how would how would I feel if someone got coronavirus and was hospitalized that went to my wedding? There would be no way to know if they got it at the wedding. But if somebody gets coronavirus after the wedding, within the two weeks of the wedding, I'm going to think they got it at my wedding. You know? Yes. And how am I supposed to live with that? Um, it's out of your control. 
Good point. I no longer feel anxious. Sorry. I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to. No, you're not wrong. I'm not wrong. <laughs> That's like the only, the only reasonable answer to that is. Yeah. That wasn't, that wasn't me being sarcastic. That was me being incredibly easy to convince. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm incredibly easy to convince. I thought you were like upset with me for, for being an annoying no, no. counselor friend when you didn't actually ask for counseling. No, no, no. Sometimes, sometimes that happens with when I'm talking to Phoebe. So I, I'll say something like, "Maybe we should do this," and she'll be like, "No, I think it'd be better if we don't do that." And I'd be like, "Oh yeah, that's probably a good point." <laughs> I'm that, just very easy to convince. I wish that I had that because what happens when I'm talking to Emma is I say something, she goes, "Well, I think that that's maybe a little bit wrong," and then I double down, and then I, <laughs> and then I get and then I get upset with her because she's not agreeing with me, and then an hour later I apologize because I realize that I was wrong. And that's yeah, but that's good. I'm trying. I'm trying to decrease that amount of time to be in in the Razor, moment. I'm trying to. I'm trying to decrease my margins. Razor thin margins. Yeah. Wait, no, that's not a good thing. It's part of life. And not to say you want to just do an entire Doctor Zadie Corner episode. <laughs> I, we can. Um, let's do hot take time machine first, and then we can start doing what I think we can do. And I feel comfortable in this. Is your your my's ability to have a conversation that people find interesting every week for the past nearly three years that is supported by loyal patrons on patreon.com slash the crunch we could call it the crunch and then we could upload it and then uh see what happens see if people actually like it you know um and i think that uh i i I choose you um you're kind of like a a pokemon that i chose Uh out of the many different catholic anonymous accounts at the time you know there's you could have picked uh, uh anyone there were lots i'm not going to name any names tristan but we were by far the most normal we were by far the most normal and i'm glad that not i picked the coolest you. you're <laughs> the you're the pikachu to my ash and i'm oh. the i'm the brock to your misty <laughs> <laughs> You mean we have a secret romance that carried on in the background while our friend ran around and caught animals? Was it really that secret? I think Brock was just very obviously in love with every woman on screen ever. No, except for Misty. Except for Misty. But I think that's because he already knew that she was a sure thing. Like, that's the thing. He was like, I already know that we could we could be together, but... I I am not going to do that yet. And then at the end, they I think they secretly did. Pokemon is one I, of those things that's like sneaky in the pop culture zeitgeist. Like, yeah, it's I know a lot about Brock and Misty and Ash and Pikachu. Mm-hmm. But like, I wouldn't say that I watched more than ten episodes of that show growing up. Oh yeah, because they they you really I only really watched them. Like we would check them out from the library, and there were like three episodes on a VHS what? tape. Yeah, I checked out McGee and Me when I was at uh-huh. the library. Did you ever watch those? <laughs> oh yeah, I did. Oh my goodness, there McGee and Me, and I learned so much about uh, lying to your parents to go see an R-rated movie. Uh huh. Do you remember that episode where the kid feels bad in the middle of the movie and then leaves, and then his parents are like, "Why do you feel bad?" He goes, "Cause I lied to you about going to an R-rated movie." And they're like, "That's right. <laughs> Give me the 3D glasses." And then they go and see the movie. <laughs> what? <laughs> I, I actually think that's how the episode ends. It's like they go and they check it out, and then they're freaked out by it. And they're like, "Wow, thank goodness we didn't. We we were right on that one." Huh. Weird. And yeah, then, I just remember Miggy and me being like a really vanilla, like 
worse Veggie Tales. Oh yeah, yeah. There were these great scenes, like over the shoulder. He opens a Bible, and then it's like the voiceover of him reading whatever pertinent scripture from the Book of Romans exclusively that they were reading from. <laughs> <laughs> That's sarcastic. I don't know if that actually was was that was the case there were probably other things that we rented from the library besides McGee and me, but that's the only thing that I think is relevant to my upbringing. I got really into the Beethoven movies, the Beethoven movies. Oh, the dog, Beethoven, the dog, okay. not the person. No, no, no. I was the like, Beethoven wow, movies. nerd alert. And I remember we had this, like this, like old, you remember when the cursor on a computer was like thick, it was like How the many size C's? of a letter. Yeah, like it, it, every every letter, it's like the equal spacings. Like every letter takes up the same amount of space on the screen. So it's like the screen is like, you know what I'm talking about? Anyway, the computers were really no old looking. They weren't very normal. Um, and so it was hard to look things up. But I got through like the five Beethoven movies. And then, let me see. I forget exactly which one it is. But... I got to the end. Maybe it was like Beethoven sixth. It's like they didn't, they never made that one. Uh-huh. But I was like, there's got to be a Beethoven sixth. And I kept like Googling it, not Googling it, but like searching for it on the little, uh, yeah, they, yeah, they made it up to Beethoven's fifth. And I kept looking for Beethoven sixth on the little catalog, but I could never find it. And I was like, one day I'll find it, but they never made it. <laughs> Tragic. I know. Ending. Very interesting story. Tragic I love Beethoven to the story. Um, I would I, apparently they rebooted it in 2011. I was not, I was not aware. Did you ever watch the? Uh, when I was a young boy, I was told that I had to like cars and trucks and construction vehicles. Yeah, because uh, of toxic masculinity. And, yeah, because of the patriarchy, and uh-huh. there was this one. That's patriarch.com. Patriarchy.com/slash the crunch. Um, there was this one series. There was this guy and this lady. And they would always check out like different kinds of vehicles. Like they had one episode on motorcycles and they had one episode on like the, the round things that squish down the pavement, you know, the big rolling guys. And ah, steamrollers. Steamrollers. Thank you. <laughs> I couldn't think of that. Name. I don't I don't I was like, those aren't round, but this must be what he means. <laughs> si- they were cylindrical. They had one on space. Oh, uh, and then they went to Mars and then wow. they, and they, they what met, budget they must have had and then they met a martian and then they oh. freaked out and they got on the ship and they went back and it scared me so bad as a kid i was like i thought this was about spacecraft and it's oh, they're getting attacked by a martian it was very odd um because it was like they saw each other's shadow and they're like so the guy and the girl he's like well that's my shadow and that's your shadow well whose shadow is that I don't and, know, but whatever happens, we're having six more weeks of winter. I know. When then in when I <laughs> but when I was five, I was like, Whose shadow is that? How come they never reveal who it is? Why don't why isn't this show about the Martian? It's just about the stupid spaceship. I was confused. I have, I have a distinct memory of watching JJ the jet plane when I was younger. Okay. And he like one of the characters like flies above Earth and like out into space. And I remember having this thought, I was like, why does every show take place on earth that's just so not creative um and i was like oh because there's not life on other planets in the solar okay have you have you heard of the show planet sheen (laughs) obviously takes place on planet sheen the only joke i remember from planet sheen is sheen brings chips and dip to a party and the king goes 
oh, thank you for innovating chips and dip. For so long, we just had chip and dip. And it just shows a chip with, like, a mountain of dip on top of it. He's like, it was not very popular. <laughs> that's pretty funny, actually. I know. That's really, like, that stuck with me. I was like, that's really clever. <laughs> chip and dip. <laughs> chip and dip. Oh, boy. That's who... Oh, we got to get some of the writers from Planet Sheen onto this podcast. Hey, maybe maybe they the can writers bring, from Planet Sheen. Maybe they can bring the funny that we the so hit lack. Jimmy Neutron spinoff. In it's always the times. it's always the 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 goofy friend who gets the spinoff. You know, like you got you got Joey, the hit show Joey. What you know the number one? I was listening to the Office podcast, the uh, Office Ladies podcast, and oh, are you good? Yeah, I'm fine. My chair just broke. Oh. Man, you're having a time. I know. Uh, the when the office came on the air, the office lady, the office ladies podcast is like two of the actors from the office, and they were talking about the number, the number one show on at the time when they started airing was Joey. Like from you know Friends, what, the show Joey Joey, Tri- Joey Tribbiani, the show. Yeah, the show was just called Joey. I'm smelling and it was, a Verify 2020 candidate. Joey, yeah, <laughs> Joey, the show, <laughs> and that was the number one show on NBC when The oh, Office was airing. Wow, which just shows you how old The Office really is. It is. <laughs> Midway through the second season, the show was placed on hiatus. Only one episode was shown in its new time slot before the show was canceled. <laughs> yep. Wow. What was maybe the overview of the show? The, sh- the series centers on Joey. Series is a bold word to talk about what this was. <laughs> series centers on Joey, who has struck out on his own and moved to Hollywood, hoping to truly make it as an actor. Joey says goodbye to a time when his friends were his family and welcomes the chance to turn his family into his friends. What? <laughs> After reuniting uh, with his high-strung sister, Gina, a strong and sexy hairdresser, it's weird to say that about your sister. Joey moves in with his genius 20-year-old nephew, graduate student Michael, who is literally a rocket scientist. <laughs> what Joey lacks in book smarts, however, he may, he more than makes up for with his people skills, making him the best new friend his nephew could ask for. I don't see what could go wrong with this cast of characters. It seems like they... Yeah, they, it seems very much like... They, we've first got of all, dumb hot guy, a uh, uh, hot, uh, uh, hardworking uh, sister, and then... Uh, super smart but socially dumb kid what could go wrong i think they miss i think they underestimated the appeal of friends the only reason why anybody watched that show was i wonder who's gonna have sex next (laughs) you can't you can't replicate that energy with a completely family with a a dude and his sister yeah like (laughs) i loved joey when i watched friends i loved joey for his raw sexual energy and that's it. And then when you take him out of that and you put him in the family where he has to be neutered and subdued, no, no, I'm not interested. Also, tell me, tell me how we're going to subject the general American public to a show that's just completely Italian. There's no way that went over well. Like when when he said hairdresser, I pictured that girl with jet black hair that stands two feet tall above her head. That's yeah. what I pictured. I mean, am I've I got, wrong? I've got bad news for you. Um, everybody loves Raymond did exist. Oh dang it! You're right. <laughs> yeah. And also, but they, they and they also like the Sopranos. Italian, you know. Oh yeah. <laughs> like there's, I feel like there's lots of shows that are about Italians, Patrick. <laughs> yeah, but like I mean, 
Joey is is not Italian in the normal sense of like, ah, yes, a culture. Joey is Italian in the way that like 90s comedians imagined black people. You know, it's like yeah. just very stereotypical and offensive. Sure. Do you remember the, I don't know if you ever saw Friends, but there was an episode where uh, Joey like went to his house and the inside of his house was just dark roses everywhere and just every it's like they took every crucifix and icon they could find it was just so it was terrifying i do remember that and i remember thinking wow joey's fallen far from his catholic upbringing yeah (laughs) that's it's tragic so this is a great this is a great episode This is, I mean, Joey and the Assistant, episode 15, season one. Joey hires an assistant named Glenn, who turns out to be perfect. However, after he starts dating Gina, things start to go downhill. Meanwhile, Alex holds a mediation between Michael and his friend Seth over a patent dispute. No wonder the show was ranked number one on television when The Office came out. Yeah, this that show sounds awful. <laughs> Shows about patent disputes. My favorite source of comedy is patent law. <laughs> The thing that everyone Every, understands. Everybody can the relate average- to when you're suing somebody over the, the the image rights of your logo. Everybody gets that. Everybody knows that. We don't need Courtney Cox. We have patent law. <laughs> the average viewer of Friends and the, the you see a Venn diagram of the average viewer of Friends and people who understand how patent law works. And the, it's not. It's just a circle. It's just one big thing. <laughs> and then there's a only, third. The only people who watch Friends were people who have an intimate knowledge of U.S. patent law. <laughs> no wonder the show was so successful. The This is why America is the way that it is, right? Everybody fiercely protects their copyright. People are suing McDonald's because the coffee burns them. You want to know why? It's because they, one, watch <laughs> Friends. Two, studied patent law. Three, profit. That's the only reason that makes any sense. Um, let's go to the hot take time machine because I'm glad, I'm glad that we landed on Joey. I'm glad we landed on that comedy nugget of Joey, Uh but we really, we really need to move on. Uh, yeah, we gotta move on. We gotta move on. Let's go to the hot take time machine. Hot take time time machine. Welcome to the Hot Take Time Machine. <laughs> My name is Patrick. Sorry, what? Without, sorry. <laughs> Welcome to the Hot Take Time Machine, the part of the show where we take a deep dive into the history of our online social media posting lives. If you have a hot take that's five years or older, send it send it on over, buddy. Send put it in put it in an envelope, lick that stamp, slap it on there, put it in a mailbox. Lick send the it over stamp to and send it. Info at thecrunchcast.com. Ethan, do you have a hot take for We're getting us a lot of emails, people asking us to solve their dating problems, but nobody is exposing their tweets from 2015, and I find that to be a severe imbalance. I think it's because you're all very selfish, yes. okay? I think that, don't, don't, don't get mad at me, but it seems to me as if you only want to send us mail when you get something out of it. That's, 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 that's all called selfishness. Sending us something yeah. so that we can purely and sincerely roast you, that's humility. And if you're sitting here thinking, I'm I'm listening to this podcast and I'm not I'm I'm not one of the people who should send in mail, you are. You should send in Go back an and email. look. We all did something in twenty twelve we're not proud of. Go back and look. Um <laughs> like go see the movie twenty twelve. Oh gosh. 
I think I did. I saw a lot of movies in 2012 that I shouldn't have. I think Battle Los Angeles was one that I saw. When did that? That come was out? a good one. It wasn't though. No, it wasn't. It was 2011. I think it was pretty good. I was excited. I was like, I was like, man, finally Los Angeles is gonna so... get what they came for. But then they won. Yeah. Gosh. I was so pumped. I was so excited about it too. How old was I in 2011? It was nine years ago. I was. 14. Uh, I was an age. Okay. This tweet for the Hot Take Time Machine comes at you from July 7th, 2016. It says, Would it be heresy to remix the Tontum Ergo into a trap banger? Question mark. Why do I I remember this tweet? Someone please advise. Zero retweets, nine likes. Yeah, it sounds about right. (laughs) Yeah. Just a really cool idea that I thought everybody would be like, please, Ethan, do this. Gosh, you're so talented and handsome. <laughs> and then like, nobody, please start a podcast so we can give you money. Nobody cared. Um, also, just how do you remember how loosely everybody defined heresy back in the day? It was just kind of like, oh, gosh, thing that might have been maybe wrong. Yeah. Like, but that's not that's not what it is. Yeah. No, it wouldn't be heresy. It would be kitschy that's what it would be <laughs> it would be it would be uncouth it, yeah everything everything was heresy yeah i remember that that wasn't fun like people receiving on the hand was heresy mm-hmm. and like <laughs> and i also yeah. just the idea that it, like yeah i i produced some music but like the thought that it's like oh yeah if you guys want me to do this i can just bang this out real quick like and just make something really good like no i couldn't do that i wish i wish That'd i wish fun. i was talented but you have to actually work at that if you want to be good yeah, at it. Practice. You can't just you can't just tweet about it. Try to attract <laughs> some some Catholic EDM girls, and then you know live your life like that's not that's what I was trying to do. And the, the final the final form of e girls EDM EDM girls. Uh, what do you got, Pat? Okay, so this actually happened. This is from March 2016. This is not me doing a goof. This actually I actually said this. All right, I'm ready. Um, friend. Aw, the baby's crying. And I said, I love when babies cry during baptisms. And she said, what? And I was like, yeah, that's right. Cry out all the paganism. That's pretty good. I mean, it's not. I'm proud of it. It's not bad. It's not funny. I mean, it's, it's not funny, it's, but it's I wouldn't. Say, I wouldn't say that it's funny, but it's not like <laughs> we're not throwing it in the bin right away. Yeah, it's not bad. It is something that I used to say. I, I, I stand by that. It was funny four years ago. It would not be funny now. Why do you think that is? Have we grown? Have we matured? Are we different? I think the world is different. I think that... The world is think, funnier. Yeah. The world is funnier. I think I, I think there, there, there are... Um, oh, my God. It's like, this, it's like the U.S. stock market. Okay. okay? The stock market now, even like with a coronavirus crash, is better than it was in 2008. Like the U.S. stock market always goes up on average yes. right like it's not it's that's why inflation happens right i, I don't actually know if that's true but you, you're the <laughs> so guy I that's supposed comedy, to know this stuff i think comedy goes i don't know how the stock market and inflation works i just know that it does happen um i feel like comedy is like on a stock market too you know it's just it's always increasing we're always getting funnier you know even if there's some crashes in comedy where there's like a really like big normie influx you know yeah and it just like really crashes down you know like right the karen thing you know like it was like really funny like everyone was being really funny for a while and then people started making fake karen videos and it's like ah come on 
and then people made songs about it and it's like all right now it's now that we're in a little bit of a karen recession okay you know? karen but eventually okay karen okay karen like the okay boomer song but yeah, it's, yeah 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 okay karen mm-hmm. i do have to say though the karen and blm protest could not have happened at a more opportune time like those two things happening at the same time were just someone, chef's kiss. someone was protesting karen's no, no, no. So, like, people people would go to these BLM protests and they would, like, harass protesters. And right. People would be racist at these protests and then the protesters would just join in and shout, go home, Karen, at the person until they left. That's pretty fun. Even if they yeah, were pretty fun. a dude? Yeah. Okay. Karen knows no gender. If, it's kind of like how a boomer knows no age. Yes, I understand. Anybody can be a boomer. Anybody can be, Anybody a, Karen. Can be a Karen. Boys yeah. support boys. Anyone's a boy. Just because your name is Karen doesn't mean you're a Karen. Uh, the the idea that the the funny stock market is just always going up as we age, yeah. I just find to be inherently false because I know a lot of old people, Patrick, that are reliant upon some old goofs to to get by. They're not really well, producing that new material. You know what I mean? That's the, that's the thing. It's like it's like old people are are. <laughs> Old people are a window into the past, okay. let's say. And like 20, 30 years ago, actually, you know what? 40 years ago, mm-hmm. my wife jokes were like, ha, 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 this is hilarious. And it's because it indicated the time because everybody hated their spouse because everybody was not everybody, but like people were just not in good marriages, mm-hmm. right? And also there, there was a huge... We we do have to understand where we're com- where people are coming from with the my wife jokes. It's like the my wife jokes comes from a like the generation of I don't know people were like getting married really quickly in the fifties and the sixties because everybody thought the world was ending. You know, um, is that why so they I, got married so quickly? I think they just wanted to have sex. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, people people were getting married pretty quickly because like there there were. Like the Vietnam War happened, not in the fifties, but like later when when war would happen, you would go away to war and you would get married right when you came back or right before you left. You mm-hmm. know, you're like, oh, I gotta get married now, otherwise, it's never gonna happen. Because you might might die. And so, yeah, interesting. I don't know if there's. I'm not a sociologist. That's literally just Patrick talking. Hmm. So don't go and take that to the bank. But I don't know. I think I think that I think that the my wife jokes were were funny in their time mm-hmm. because of the of the atmosphere but that atmosphere is no longer here so they just don't make sense you know like someone someone said to me you know like oh i'm like yeah i really love phoebe like i can't wait to marry her they're like oh wait just wait like a couple of years and i was like uh That's dumb okay i will and and then i'll love her 10 more bucks then. says yeah yeah like, gonna love her more now you know because it's like she's like oh you guys get along now but just wait you'll start fighting i'm like oh believe it or not uh I have fought with this other person that I've been like next to for three years straight, you know? <laughs> anyway, so. And then I said, that's not a Model T. That's my Clydesdale. And he swallowed <laughs> some gasoline. <laughs> yes, I think I think people are getting funnier. Okay. I think you, all you, in order to see where the future of comedy is, you don't look towards the, you don't look towards the olds. You look towards the news. You look towards the... I mean, TikTok is so funny. I told one of my teammates today that I would learn a TikTok dance with her for the sake of team unity. I mean, TikTok dances are okay. I, but she like wants me to do it, and I'm just like, all right, I guess. 
If it's okay. what, if it will make you happy. TikTok makes me uncomfortable because there's underage girls dancing. Yes. And I'm like, please stop dancing. Yes. Thank you. For the very same yeah. reason, you would be uncomfortable if you walked in on a high school dance. You should be uncomfortable <laughs> if you have TikTok on your phone. Yeah. Like. Yeah, we're just we're it's TikTok is just subjecting the entire world what high school teachers chaperoning dance have been subjected to this whole time. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah, you never go to the middle. You <sighs> never go to the middle. <sighs> Dangerous. Oh, it's horrible. It's horrible. <laughs> it's horrible. Hor- <laughs> no, you know what? I stand by that. It's horrible. <laughs> one time in, in my first homecoming, no, I think it was my second one. My friend, my friend Matt came stumbling out of the middle, and he was like shaking. <laughs> it was kind of a bit, but he was like, "I, I saw a woman's breasts." What? And I was like, "Nice, Stop. yeah." No. Some girl was just like dancing with her boobs out. No, yeah. yeah. This is a family podcast. I mean, I'm just talking about the anatomy. I guess. But in my family, we don't have that. In my family, we don't have. <laughs> we don't have anatomy. <laughs> we don't have anatomy. <laughs> I've been an amorphous blob since I was born. My parents refused to tell me which part is which. Buddy, that's my wife. <laughs> <laughs> I have no mouth, but I must scream. Hey, in all of this, uh, have you maybe thought of a topic that we could talk about? If not, we should just skip straight to Dr. Ethan's dating corner. Hey. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Crunch. Sorry to interrupt what I'm sure is a stimulating intellectual conversation, but I wanted to pause the episode real quick to let you hear from some of our sponsors. We will be back right after this. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. I just, I just don't, you guys, I just don't know how to podcast this week. I don't either. You, This is literally the worst week for both of us ever to podcast. I know, and I feel like this is the worst episode ever. No, you know what? It's, it's fine. People it, listen that's to it the at thing. double speed anyway. We don't have to be, let me tell you this, Patrick. Let me just remind you, right? Yeah. The father loves you, right? He's looking at you right now. He's looking at me right now, and he's saying, I love those guys, right? Those are my great, my favorite guys, you know? Hmm. Uh, yeah. It doesn't matter if we put, post a bad podcast and nobody listens to it because the people who have been listening to our show for these three years, they know that we put stinkers out sometimes, you know? It's true. And then they come That's back fair. next week. And then usually we come back with a pretty strong episode. And That's fair. And then... And also, you, know, you only get married yeah. once and you only become a new team director once. So it's like they understand, right? They get it that these are like weird, crazy uncertain times mm, yeah, uncertain yes. socially distant times yeah Ooh. alone together times um that's fair do you want to do tiktok then, dances together when i'm in florida yes i think that'd be great for our brand <laughs> i'm doing tiktok dances right now oh boy i'm doing the renegade i that's the one i was i was being taught today oh wow you're slow on that one. Oh no never mind that's the renegade's done is it yeah, what? there's a big. There was a big news article that I read about the girl that uh, came up with the Renegade, and she's like, "Yeah, everyone's doing my dance now, and everybody and like these big TikTok celebrities are making money off of it, and it's just kind of, it just kind of sucks." And I'm like, "Yeah, I bet." 
she like posted this dance and it was very creative and it like shot off and like everyone was doing it and then all these big tiktokers that are i i down i redownloaded tiktok okay cool let's talk about tiktok for a second sure i redownloaded tiktok and there's like there's like random you know what the hype house is no so the hype house is a group of teenagers who are very famous on tiktok and they all live together so like like jake paul's thing yeah it's like jake paul's thing does that sound like the worst idea ever yes yes is it of course yes of course it is um they didn't copyright the name hype house and so there's other hype houses now (laughs) great there's the conservative hype house patent law always comes back to get you yeah, it's just yeah, copy patent. This is just the patent law episode. Um, but yeah, so there's the conservative hype house, which is like I've seen some of their videos. It's just, it's every Ben Shapiro. It's no, more like David, more like Stephen Crowder. Okay, not David Crowder. More like Stephen Crowder. Not it's like David Crowder. The, the libtards. The libtards think that people should have health care. LOL. I'm 12 and my mom pays for my gas. You know that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just conservatives with abs. That's what it is. And so I, I, I go on TikTok now and then everybody, all these like all these like 15-year-olds and like 12-year-olds are making political TikToks. I'm like, you guys are, go play Animal Crossing. Jeez, you don't have to worry about this yet, you know? It's interesting. One of the things that uh, we, we discuss in our training is how one of the fundamental needs of the modern man is moral affirmation about how like... Uh. You have to be affirmed in your belief or else because people are searching for communion, right? They're searching for a sense of identity and belonging, but they don't have that because they don't have a big family or they haven't lived in the same place for generations or they're not going to do what their dad did, who did what their grandfather did. You know, like there's no sense of Mm -hmm. continuity or their identity is not given to them by anybody. And so makes sense that people go out there on the TikTok or whatever it <laughs> it is um i feel like i feel like an old man when i say it because it's a thing that i don't use that i know about uh but it, i've been having some fun making TikToks. oh have fun uh-huh should i make TikToks? no i can't i shouldn't i don't have i literally don't have the time i i promise I'm, i just you would be so good at i it, okay? know but i can't do my it. my coronavirus prank video is one of my favorite things i've ever made it's not it does it's it was not very popular it didn't get a lot of views but i thought the concept was hilarious the concept was it was right when quarantine began and it was a youtube prankster trying to film a prank video in public when no one was around it was very funny how do I find your account on TikTok? At Catholic Pat on TikTok. Catholic Pat. TikTok. Um, yeah. I, tell me, that, tell me why note. I should do it and why I should not avoid it like the plague so as to not get addicted to it in the same way I was addicted to Twitter. Just, okay, here's, the, here's how you do it. Here's how, here's how you don't get addicted to, to TikTok. You just write down your video ideas, film them all at once, and then watch the app. do that. Yeah, don't don't keep the app on your phone. Just when you have an idea, download it, and the next time you have free time, download the app, film the video, post it, delete it. Um, yeah, because TikTok is an infinite scroll. Yes. It fills up the screen completely, and you can just scroll forever, and it's terrifying. <laughs> it's, um, it's actually just so, like, it's something that I just don't want in my life. I also, yeah. This I made this comment earlier today about how I don't desire to be a content creator and then my whole team looked at me and they were like uh aren't you recording a podcast later and i was like fair but 
where do I draw the line, Pat? Um, I want to be, I want to engage with the culture, but I don't want to uh, lose the battle for my mind. It's long form content versus short form content. Yeah. It creating a content creation is that's how that's why I always feel like, and that's the thing. It's not the medium is the message, which means that certain mediums are better than others. You know who says Books that? Are Marshall McLuhan, Cal Newport. Nope, Marshall McLuhan. I'm halfway through his book, Digital Minimalism. I don't know if you've heard of it. Oh, he talks about Marshall McLuhan in Digital Minimalism. I got it on audiobook. Nice. Um, Audible. <laughs> I got it on audiobook. <laughs> <laughs> I just uh, want you to be proud so, of me. I am very proud of you. Thank you. I, I, I appreciate it. So, anyway, like, books are inherently better than social media. But you can use social media in a way that's good. For instance, Phoebe uses Instagram in a way that's very good, I think, is she has her 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 curly hair care Instagram account where she like posts tips and tricks and tutorials and there's like a community. I think that's really I think it's really nice, you know? Um, and she like creates things that are helpful. She shows me like the stats on how many people save her posts and so many people save them. And it's cool because like these people are actually learning something from social media. It's a way to share information, right? Um, whereas like Twitter is just pumping garbage out. Like you, you, Twitter rewards you based on how often you post, um, and and like some some of the quality of the post, obviously, like if people respond to it. But the quality is okay. The quality isn't isn't a factor. It's how often do you post? How often do people click the button? You know, and and that's just that's just useless, I think. And I also think Facebook is useless for the same reason. It just encourages you to be like a consumer of people's content. Um, I don't know. I think Instagram and TikTok are are a are a good thing in terms of in terms of social media. I think Twitter and, and Facebook should go the way of MySpace. I just don't think that that will happen, though. I don't think so either because they did what MySpace didn't, and they found a way to monetize, monetize themselves and yeah. turn themselves into virtually television networks. Um, so. Yeah, I, I, what you said about tradition, kind of backtracking, I guess. Sure. And social media is like the anti-tradition because it's literally just new, new, new. Whatever's new right now mm-hmm. is what we're paying attention to. So I was reading a book called Politicizing the Bible, and we don't realize how how entrenched we are in modernist thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like we... We were talking about how we use the word heresy all the time. People use the word modernist all the time, and they think it just means someone who believes in gay marriage. Yeah. You know? No. Not the case. Um, yeah, modernism goes back to, like, the 1300s, which is crazy because that's, like, the end of the medieval time, end of, like, the medieval period. And I don't know. This this book this book is really interesting. It It talks about how we reduce... We've reduced tradition down to like we reduced the Bible down to like moral laws. And you were talking about this when we were talking about McGee and me at the beginning of the podcast. Uh-huh. How like Veggie Tales and McGee and me and like children's religion stuff was here's how you be nice mm-hmm. and here's how you be kind and here's how you don't be angry and don't be mean, you know, and like be well behaved. Right. Yeah. And this is why people say stuff like, oh, well, the uh, Jesus is just Santa Claus for adults. And it's because that's all they see is they see 
the Bible as this like moral rule book, right? Like here's how you be nice. And there's this, there was this guy Spinoza who um, was like the father of modern thought. And he honestly believed that the Bible was just there for people who weren't smart enough to do philosophy and figure out what's right and wrong on their own. Mm. And he was like, you can have the Bible, like it's for the plebs, you know, we can, we can do reason and figure out what's right for ourselves. And that's like such a common, you hear that all the time now, yes. right? It's like, oh, I, I don't need philosophy. I'm a secular humanist. And I don't know. I don't know why I brought this no, up. This it's is good on my mind. It's like the, the modern man is the one who believes that he can create himself, right? Like mm-hmm. there's this, there's no longer like it rejects the idea that I've been created by something else or someone else who gives me a nature, who gives me a destiny, who gives me um, like all these things, right? Yeah. Um, who gives me, in fact, like God gives us institutions that are essential to us, right? He gives us the church and he gives us marriage and he gives us the family, like all these things, right? That are given to us. But when we say, no, I'm actually going to, I'm going to use my brain that I somehow have and I'm going to, uh, create myself and I'm going to invent myself and follow my own desires and follow, um, you know, use my freedom that again, I somehow have, um, to be this autonomous person that like just dictates, you know, like I have my own agency and anybody who infringes upon that is, is reducing my individualism and all this stuff. And like, it's just, it's, it's such a appealing way to live in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Because then nobody can tell me that I'm wrong and nobody can stop me because that would be an infringement upon my freedom. And like you justify it by saying, well, I'm not infringing anybody else's freedom. I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to fulfill my own destiny that I've created for myself. How can that possibly be harmful to the rest of the world? Yeah. And that's like, and that is the, the, and the American culture has purchased that and like got it. And they're like, they want that hook, line, sinker. Like they're all in on that idea we're all here yeah, for it. we're here for it and that idea that idea of freedom means doing whatever you want as long as it doesn't infringe on anyone else's freedom that idea is like a basically a truism now but 500 years ago it was heresy literally yes and people were people were denounced for it and it took centuries for that idea to come to fruition and i wish it was required Like, I wish it was, I wish it was like required reading to like have people go through the history of, and if you want to read about this, read 10 books that screwed up the world by Dr. Ben Weicker or read saints and scoundrels by the same professor. Okay. Dr. Ben Weicker. He's, he's fantastic. He wrote this book, politicizing the Bible with Dr. Han, which is like the academic version Mm -hmm. of what he did with these two books. Mm -hmm. It's a, it's intellectual history. I wish it was required for college students and and seniors in high school to go through intellectual tradition and see where the, where the thought of the West has come from and where it stood so that you can actually make an intelligent decision for yourself as to whether or not, um, as to whether or not like you should ascribe to some of these beliefs because Mm -hmm. the insidiousness of these modernist thoughts is that it paints itself as unbiased inherently. Mm -hmm. It's a bias that if you have it, you believe that you're unbiased. It's like, well, well, I, uh, I, I, I can, I can determine what's true. I don't know what's true outside of myself. This is very Descartes, right? It's very Cartesian. It's like, I don't know. There's so many people fighting outside of me. So I'm going to turn inward to look for truth. Nope. Turning inward is sin. Don't do that. Don't turn inside of yourself. 
Um, he's like, I'm going to start with myself and what I know is true. But that's like a false premise. The whole I think, therefore I am thing. Mm-hmm. It's a false premise because you are not the most knowable thing to you. You don't know yourself as well as you think you no. do. Just so ask are, my wife. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 so we, we start with the self. We go like, oh, well, I can determine what's true. I know I think. I know I, I know I can see. And I know I can, like, what I touch is, is there. And I know what I see is there and all that stuff. So, like, I know I can start from what I see around me. And then I can figure out what's true after that. But that, the crazy thing is, like, there are so many mistakes you're going to make along the way. By starting over from the beginning. Modernism tries to like get rid of tradition, which is weird because it can't survive without a tradition. But it tries to get rid of tradition and say, no, 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 you can you can start on your own. But then everybody's trying to come up with their own moral philosophy. You know how exhausting that must be? Yes. If Imagine if you didn't have a moral compass. And so what people do is they do what, you know... They do little like they do what the human brain does. You make shortcuts. You go, well, you come up with little rules for yourself. What's like... In the moment, I am going to, I'm going to do this because it's what I like and no one knows that it's what I want right now. Or like no one, no one, as long as people don't see me do the wrong thing, I'm fine. You come up with little shortcuts for yourself because it's really hard to come up with a moral code and then stick to it with when no one, it's like, it's like we don't, do you know how many people have tried to write a book? Yes. Lots. And they don't stick to it. Why not? Because it's hard. It's hard. There's they don't have a lot of they don't have an exterior motivating factor, right? No one's gonna check up on them to see if they've done it. Why do we think people can create their own moral ethics? Because it's easy. It's just it's, it's not just easy. whatever I want, whatever makes me. Yeah, feel that's the thing. Good. But it's like it's like whatever I want it to be. That that. But it's like you know what I mean. It's I like get you. everyone has to have rules for themselves, right? You can't just be like whatever I want goes. I don't know. I think that that must be what you were saying earlier. Is like it comes down to these little shortcuts where it's like, I can do whatever I want as long as mm-hmm. it's not infringing on someone else's rights. Right. But again, that's so stressful and hard to figure out because you're trying to deal with what are the consequences of my actions anyway. Yeah. No wonder everybody's so freaking stressed out all the time and has anxiety and has, you know, all these things <laughs> because like every time you follow somebody or unfollow somebody or like something or don't like something, like you're trying to fit that or purchase something like you're trying to fit that into your, moral system that you've created for yourself and if something doesn't compute you have to do extra mental gymnastics to fit it in and like eventually you just end up with this contradictory amalgam of like every you know like all these other people that are influencing you like you just kind of cobble together your own sort of philosophy for life and it's not it does it doesn't stand on any two feet and you ask somebody just like a couple of basic questions and they're not able to answer them and then it's like well that was disappointing and i think it's interesting you brought up the great point of how like with modernism every problem is a societal or a cultural problem and there's rarely if ever any problems with the individual and so it's always uh and that's kind of the idea of progressivism along with all of this too of there's always something that's wrong in the culture right the problem is always in the future so therefore everything that was in the past must be bad you know, mm-hmm. like if, yeah. if we're always working towards this thing in the future, right, then you are, you're, we can only fix it by being on the right side of history, you know, which means that every, yes. everything that happens in the past was, you know, the, those people were on the wrong side of history because they weren't yeah, working towards. Yeah, but we're going to be on the right exactly. side. Exactly. Yeah. And it's. Which is why. Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, you, <laughs> you talk. Which is why anti-racism appeals to me. That, that whole, like, that whole 
book that I've been talking that I talked about a couple weeks ago, yeah. like a month ago. Um, Ibram Kendi talks about how we have to rethink the way we think of racism. You know, he's like, he's like, we need to stop saying things like "you are racist" or "you are not racist" because he says the first in the first thing that people say if you ever if, if you ever seen one of these videos where someone yells at he's like, I saw this video of a woman on the bus and two Chinese people were speaking in Mandarin to themselves on this bus and she said, you know, in in America we speak English like you should speak English while you're in America. And then people were like yelling at her. They're like, well, that, that was, that was insulting. It was very offensive. And she was like, if they don't like it, they should just go back where they came from. And she said this in public on a bus. And someone was like, okay, that's racist. And she was like, I'm not racist. And it's just funny because that's the response. It's like, no, he didn't say you are racist. He said that was racist. And you responded with, I'm not racist. And so Ibram Kendi says, we need to stop defining people as racist or not racist. We need to just focus on racist beliefs and racist ideas that people can have. And so you need to see them in yourselves. And this is the same with, with whether it's racism or sin or any other sin. You know, it's it's like you are not a sinner. It's like you sin. And so look at, well, I mean, in a grander sense, you are a sinner. But it's like it's you don't identify yourself as the sin. You just see where do I where do I fail and how can I get better? And that's that's exactly it. This is where this is where secular humanism goes. It goes yeah. down to like without without a heaven and a hell, we've created one of our we created one of our own where it's like you're either canceled or you're a hero, you know? Um there's really no there's really no you're either you're either a queen or you're canceled. That's you're the thing. You're a like, queen or you live long enough to see yourself get canceled. It's exactly one like JK Rowling is either oh my gosh, like she's a boss and then she's transphobic the next day because she like lived long enough to see herself become canceled. You know that that's the thing. It's like at one 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 moment she's like this feminist hero, and then the next minute she's a horrible bigot. And it's that's that's the point is like because she espoused this one belief that people didn't agree with, then she got canceled on Twitter. Um, but then you know it's she's I'm sure, she's gonna be fine. I'm sure obviously. her billions of dollars in the bank really felt that really hard when they canceled yeah, her right. on Twitter. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm the, sure she's the Google search. It's the GIF of uh, from Zombieland of him wiping his eyes with the hundred dollar bills. Um, <laughs> the the other thing too, and this might be the last point before we get to Dr. Ethan's dating corner is, uh, that the secular humanism, progressive worldview, whatever you want to call it, modern modernism, uh, there is a rejection of original sin, right? Like there's no mm-hmm. belief that man is wounded. There's no belief in concupiscence. And so it's this idea of like it for everybody except the Calvinists, but like man, (laughs) man believes that they're fundamentally good. Like you're just good. And like you're, you tend towards doing good things because those things are good. And when you don't acknowledge that, like we've been wounded by sin. Right. And that like leads us to make bad decisions. Right. And that means that our world is is good but is fallen right like there is a lot of good in this world but bad things do happen war does happen disease does happen uh famines do happen natural disasters do happen right like all that happens um and things happen to human beings not because any of these things aren't good or because they're evil or because they should be rejected but because they're fallen and so it's really 
difficult to have a constructive conversation with somebody about this, especially in the the area of morality, because we we can't even agree on like what is the nature of a human. You know, mm-hmm. like we have all these ideas of I yeah. should be free, everybody should be equal, right? Like everybody should, um, we shouldn't just tolerate, we should affirm people's beliefs, you know, all these things. It's like, well, we can't even get to that conversation until you talk about like, what is my nature? Like, what is my, what is my end? Where do I come from? Where do, where am I going? And where do I come from? Where do I go? Where, where do I come from? Cotton Eye Joe. And, uh, I don't know at all how to tackle these these problems the only thing i do know is that it's up to us go back to the all gas no breaks podcast is it's just up to us to encounter people that are different than us because the only way to like reveal the holes in someone's bad worldview is by constantly exposing them to a worldview that's true and eventually i mean if you you're confronted with truth eventually you have to either accept it or reject it like you can't just ignore it for forever um mm-hmm. And so we just need to, we need to be less in the, uh, what do you call it? The conservative flop house? What is it called? Sure. That'll be it. Yeah. <laughs> we need to be less in the conservative flop house just by ourselves with our abs and are making our political statements. And we just need to be more willing to go outside of our, ourselves and our social groups and our circles and encounter people with this worldview and like talk to them and be friends with them and treat them and have some, have some reverence for them, have some sympathy for them because they, they desire good things, right? They desire to be affirmed, which is good. Everybody desires that, right? They desire to be loved and and be a part of something and they desire to have purpose and they desire to do good in a lot of cases. And I think that no matter which side you're on, there's really rarely an acceptance of like this person does good or that group of people does good or desires to do good. We only just, we see, well, they, they have this belief, so there's no way they can be doing any good or have any desire for good. And so we just need to respect and reverence the other person in the same way as if, I mean, every time you meet, meet a person, you're like, you're seeing the face of Christ. Do we believe that? Yeah. Probably not. Good ending. Great ending. ending. I want to help people. All right, hey Patrick. Yes, this one, this one's a good, this one's a good little, is it little fun update. Is it a? F- oh, it's an update. It's an update. Yeah. So this will be quick, and then we'll go on to the the message. But hey Patrick, I'm updating y'all on my dating situation. I was Georgina, who was told to either do quads in the quad or start a podcast to go on a date with a guy. <laughs> Although these were strong suggestions, I went for the old fashioned message. Hey, you want to get dinner sometime? And it worked. The guy and I got dinner last week. It went well. I figure now the ball in his is in his court. But I don't think we will go out again. Oh. But you never know. Nonetheless, still a nice time and fun. Georgina, you absolute queen. That's amazing. Let's go. Proud of you. Our listeners know how to go get it. That's all I'm going to It say. sounds like we gave really good advice, but I don't remember that one bit. So I'm glad that you <laughs> you got something out of that. You know how it is when we start riffing on someone. We're like, yeah, go do quads the quad. LOL. Go start your own podcast. And the person listening is probably like, what? I am so. This is the worst. I should have written into I'm any so, other I'm podcast. So, I should have asked the clerically speaking guys for dating advice. Um, okay, this one this one comes from uh, someone who formerly went by uh, Lonely in Wisconsin. Um, hey, Patrick, follow up. I apologize for my crass comment about the podcast. I would no longer like my... This is the little MP3 mm, recording. Yes. Guys. I no longer would like my previous question answered. <laughs> um, I do have a different question for you. I think that any advice and Ethan... Uh, any advice you and Ethan could give would be really valuable to a lot of guys. So here is 
the question. Honorables, Dr. Ethan and practitioner. Mm-hmm. Great. Great. Darn opinion. right. I am a 19 year old. It totally makes up for the other yeah. one. I am a 19 year old male studying at a state university. That's good. Nice. Job. What things should a person in my place have in order? Wait, what things should a person in my place have in order that their prayer life and personal life? Wait, what? Come on. What things should a person in my place have in order in their prayer life and personal life? And for how long before pursuing a girl? Okay, I don't understand that sentence. What things should a person he's in my place have? Have an order. Like have he's an asking order. What, have an what order. he has an order before he starts in dating someone. In their prayer life and personal life. Yes. Okay, so he wants to have things in order yes. in his prayer yes. life and personal life <laughs> before pursuing a girl. Sorry, I was uh, very confused. I know. <laughs> Were you confused? No, I got it the first time. I was just letting you oh. do it. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It seems like certain speakers say that if you like a girl, you should ask her out. That's kind of like us, but I wouldn't say. I wouldn't say. Anyway, We're not I'm worried though that if I were to pursue a girl, it would be out of desire for affirmation from women. Mm. What are good reasons to pursue a girl? T. Hanks. All right, number one. Do you have a crock pot? If you don't know how to put some chicken in the crock pot before you leave for the day and come back and have some nice, warm, tender chicken breasts. You're not ready to date a girl. Get a crock Get pot. Get a crock pot. Get a Number- bag of nails from the hard- hardware store. Make a pressure. Oh, no, stop. <laughs> that really happened on American soil. You can't talk about that. Yeah, long enough ago. Yeah, okay. I suppose. It happens in more places than on American soil. That's true. Um so get a crock pot and make sure you have a good knife set because I had somebody come over. That's just what I said. A cutting board. They, so somebody came over and was like, hey, I want to make you dinner. Like, I'm hosting you at my house. Where's the cutting board? And I was like, that's a great question. Let me <laughs> you use this plate while I go look for a cutting board. <laughs> um, okay, so what should you have in place? Um, here's the thing. Obviously, we should always be striving towards having a regular prayer life, a regular life of, of serious devotion, and building virtue, right, all the time. You're going to be doing that for your entire life. And so to set some kind whole of time. Whole the time. whole time. And so if you try to set some kind of like, oh, I got to be at this place before I will be quote unquote holy enough to quote unquote date, then you're going to be in for a hard time because what if you get to that place and you start dating and then you regress and you fall back below, right? That happens all the time in the spiritual life. You go, you move forward, you move backward, you, uh, you sin. Sometimes you go a certain place and you sin in different ways than you have before in your life. Sometimes old sins come back. Sometimes you have great new devotions that last for a long time and really carry you. And like you receive a lot of consolation, but then you experience dryness and you feel far away. All this to say, right? Like the spiritual life is very, uh, can be very topsy turvy. And so Mm -hmm. I think to, to set an expectation of yourself in your prayer life is a bit uh, unreasonable. And I would say as long as you are seeking after God as best you can, right? You're going to mass regularly. You know, you're going to confession regularly. You're praying every day. You're reading the Bible, right? You're doing all the things that you know you should be doing. Then you're probably in, in a good spot, you know? And you should obviously have a plan to grow. Maybe get a spiritual director. Maybe have somebody who's a mentor, somebody who maybe has a podcast. Maybe someone who's 24 has a big nose, Maybe, please don't reach out to me. I don't have any room to... Adam Sandler. To, it's Adam Sandler. 
Hanukkah. Um, <laughs> and as far as your personal life, again, I don't really feel like there's anything specific that you like. Crock you pot, have to have down cutting board. Other than the crock pot and the cutting board and the knives. You want to be able to like take care of yourself. And so if you're in a spot where you're, you're always getting up late and you're always staying up late and you're playing a lot of video games and you're binging a lot of TV shows and you're not able to complete your class assignments on time and you're, you struggle to like hold down maybe a job, maybe you're not getting the best grades. Maybe that's a sign that you're not ready for the responsibility of a serious relationship. But again, that doesn't mean that like you should not date right? It just means that you know what you need to be working on, right? And if you believe that marriage is your vocation, I see no reason why you can't at least take girls out on dates, you know, as, as, because again, if you set that expectation of yourself and then you regress, what are you going to do then? You know, what, what do you think, Pat? I think that is good advice. Uh, yeah. In terms of, in terms of like, what do you need in order in your personal life? Now that I understand that's, (laughs) um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's a tough. It's a tough situation because, like, I won't go into specifics, but like, me and Phoebe got together when she was in a really bad spot. Like, just so happened, you know. And so, like, sometimes stuff like that just happens. Sometimes a really great match happens in an awkward time. Um, but like, it comes from prayer, you know. Like, I wouldn't have continued that relationship if I hadn't been in a really good spot in my prayer life and known that was the direction to go. Um, or been pretty secure in that decision. Um, but I think, I think Ethan gives a good baseline. Like if you can't, if you can't like take care of yourself, I guess, then, you know, don't, yeah, don't, <laughs> don't be in a relationship, yeah. you know, cause a relationship, you can't like smell good, yeah. you know, a relationship is, uh, is you giving of yourself to the other person, uh, little by little, more and more, you know, at a time until you're married and you've given your whole self to the other person, right? That's the, the, direction of a relationship and so if you can't even give to yourself you know like uh, a a decent meal and a hot bath you know if you if you can't cultivate those those nice sculpted calves that you've always been wanting you know from from doing those calf raises at the gym then then maybe you're not ready to uh whisk a fine lady off her feet you know (laughs) Um, yeah, that that would be what I would say. I yeah, I think I think the main difference is like looking looking back. The thing that the thing that like Phoebe and I helped each other through hard times, and the difference between like because that that's a, that's something that, that that we talked about was like, well, do you am I a crutch? Like, am I you know, like, is this, is this mean that you shouldn't be in a relationship right now because you're going through a hard time? Or does this mean like, is the relationship irrelevant? You're just going through a hard time and I'm helping you through it. You know, like what, where's the line? And I think it's like Phoebe and I made each other's lives a lot easier and we made each other's lives a lot better and we helped each other get through hard things faster, but we still could have done, we, we could have lived without each other, but like it it made, it made no sense. Yeah to live without each other you know that that's kind of how that's where we're at now especially with like problems that we that we run into in our personal lives now is like well yeah it's true i don't necessarily need her to help me through this but i get through stuff a lot quicker when i have someone to be with you know so that i guess don't don't think too hard about oh like i i'm doing a little i'm doing a little like 
poorly in my mental health. Like I'm a little too depressed to start dating, right? Like that question we talked about earlier on the dating Reddit. It's like, oh no, I'm a little too depressed to start dating. Like that's not necessarily true. People that have depression uh, have successful relationships all the time. Um, Yeah, that just happens, you know? So that's, it takes discernment. My answer is it depends. Yeah, as is the case with all of these, but also definitely ask her out, bro. You got this, bro. You can do it. Do it. You're so good and handsome and fun to be around. We we support you now, and we forgive you for the other question. All of this vice is contingent Um, on the fact that you support us at patreon.com slash crunch. Patrick, I also don't have time for another question. Like, I need to go. So, sorry to cut you short there, but... um, a man's got obligations, as they say. I feel bad because this next question is talking is someone they asked us like a little while ago. They asked it about they were recently dumped for being too Catholic. Ooh, well, they're going to hear this on this episode and know that we're going to record again in two days and we're going to post another episode next week. And your question will be the first one that we talk about. Yep. So uh, at Anonymous, I know you. I got you. We're here for you. I hope maybe this will make it easier, you know, now that it's, you've given some time. Yeah. So. Get back on that horse. Uh, Patreon.com slash the crunch Pat dot blog. Uh, I'm so very excited for Patrick's wedding in between this episode and the next episode that comes out. Patrick will have gotten married. Duh. So that's cool. That's amazing, right? Isn't that so exciting? Isn't that Everybody awesome? pray for Patrick on Friday, July 31st. Say a big old prayer for him and Phoebe and for me because I am going to start a conga line, even though dancing is not allowed at the reception. <laughs> Hey, we're getting married at 3 p.m. on a Friday. Oh, that's so sick. That's kind of cool. I didn't think about that. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. We are saying a Divine Mercy Chapel beforehand. For the sake of a sorrowful passion. You know, we're looking for someone to sing the Divine Mercy Chapel before Have the wedding. Would you like to sing the- <laughs> <on us. laughs> Oh, man. Hey. Cool. Do you have anything else for the people? I literally forgot all of the bits we did. Patent law. Oh, yeah. Do it it again. Patrick, do you have anything else for the people? If you or anyone you know has been a victim of (laughs) mistreatment of U.S. patent law, please call Nevy and Stevie at Attorneys Law. At 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 (laughs) 1-800-PATENTLAW.com. 100 Pat and Law. Oh, that's Patent that's law. funny. It's where me and Law have f- my <laughs> my friend Daniel and I have this bit. You'll meet him at the wedding. We had this bit where like my brother and his sister get married and then he and I meet at the wedding and we we were like, "Well, I guess now we're brothers-in-law. I guess we got to move in together." And so we move in together and we're Pat and Daniel, brothers-in-law. And then we both look at each other like, "And we're also lawyers." <laughs> You guys are so funny together. We just, yeah, you're gonna have you're gonna have a great we time. We always love when Pat and Daniel get together and goof around. Thank you all for listening. Please pray for us. We will be praying for you, and we will see you all next week. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off 
my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill.